This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Paul even calls death our enemy. Look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26. It says, The last enemy to be destroyed is death. It's an enemy. It's a foreign invasion into God's beautiful creation. The Bible says that we all long for it, we desire for it. Even if you don't realize it, Romans chapter 8, verse 23 says, And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit, even though you have the Ruach HaKodesh, the, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God in you, even though you have the Holy Spirit within you as a foretaste of future glory. What a joy this morning when we're worshiping in spirit. You get a taste of glory, don't you? You get a glimpse of heaven when you worship, don't you? Or am I the only one that's having a good time over here? Because I enjoy it. Man, it's beautiful. In fact, I didn't want to come up here and preach. I was lying down in the back over there praying because I'm like, God, this is so awesome. But I got to get up here and preach about death, about our foreign enemy. Our spirits long and groan. Even though we have the Spirit of God, even though we have the power of God that raised Him from the dead living in us, we groan for this enemy to be defeated. And He says, even though we have the Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Can I get an amen? I long for the day when I can go to sleep with no guilt and shame. I long for the day when I don't have to come and before taking communion to be like, oh my gosh, I fail so miserably. Dear God, how can I say I'm born again when I still think all these things and do all these things? Anybody with me on my lawn with this? It's crazy, right? When sickness comes, that fear comes knocking on the door along with it and you're like, where's my faith? <laughs> Anyways, ah, God, give me strength this morning. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, full rights as our adopted children, including new bodies. He has promised us. We'll be talking about those new bodies as we uh, go through this series. What is death? What is death? It is unnatural to you and me. It's a foreign invasion. It's not something that you and I were supposed to to experience. And just when you think that this unnatural phenomenon, this foreign enemy, is bad, folks, there's something worse. There's something far worse than the spirit leaving the body and your body falling to the ground like a used paper that was being used and now thrown in the trash. Something far worse. The second thing I want you to write down. Death's deadly blow. If you could have been there, not that I was, but please imagine with me. If you could have been there, Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, if you could have been there when God said, let there be light, and pow, there was light, and you're like, whoa, that's bright. (laughs) You know? Picturing it with me, it's like, wow, that's beautiful. If you could have been there when he created the trees and trees sprung up from the ground, you'd be like, wow, colors, beauty. Ah, smelling. Some of you guys can't smell, so it's okay. Do it a few weeks from now. Hmm, you know, fruit, taste buds. Again, sorry. Hmm, so good. If you were there when, when you saw just the beautiful, shiny crystal water, and you look in and he's created fish of all sorts of colors, the only time I've cried with joy, not even at my wedding or my children's birth, was when I was snorkeling in Hawaii and I saw the colorful fish and I was singing that song, How Great Thou Art. Oh my God. God, you're so good. Man, the colors in Africa don't count to the fish that's under the ocean. Beautiful spots and colors. Whoo! If you were there during creation to see all of these things, man, you'd get goosebumps like never before. And then, he doesn't stop there. He's on his hands and his knees and he's putting dirt together. He says, let's create man in our image. 
and he puts this clay together. And here is this form of a man lying on the floor. And then God gets so, so, so close to him. So close to him. So close to him. So intimately close with him. That God takes a deep breath. And he breathes into the nostrils of man. And the man then, like a balloon that's been blown up, his lungs filled with air. And he comes alive. That's what it says in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. God did not create man to die. God breathed the breath of life into him. Not with hopes that one day he would die. God created him with joy, with singing, with rejoicing, fearfully and wonderfully, with his own beautiful, miraculous, powerful hands, put him together, and then into him. The man comes alive. But not too long after that, we see man in a place facing death's deadly blow because of his disobedience. God put man in the Garden of Eden and he said, now, now you work it and you keep it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. You, you work it and keep it. You work it and keep it. Come on, Adam, you're my man. You work it, you keep it. You take dominion over it. You take charge over these things. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. Go for it, man. Sing and dance. Eat from anything you want. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For on the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And that's the first mention of death in the Bible. The first mention of death in the Bible is right here. And this command, go do whatever you want. And the man disobeys God and he eats, not out of want, not out of hunger, not because he lacked something, because God made him and he said it was very good. He ate it out of disobedience and he rejected relationship with God. And he decided to follow Satan, the enemy of God. And we see what happens over here, that disobedience brings death. And through this first disobedience, death is introduced to the earth. And what happens after this? God shows up and he says, Adam, where are you? We spoke about this Christmas Eve. He says, come out of hiding, Adam. Come out of hiding. Come out of hiding, Adam. Why are you hiding behind a tree, man? No, no, I'm naked. And so we made some leaves and we covered ourselves. And God says, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the fruit? And for the first time, we see that Adam and Eve, please, 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 please track with me and picture this with me. For the first time, for the first time, they're encountering death. As God kills an animal, to cover their shame. For the first time they're seeing an animal that was hopping, skipping and jumping, lying dead. And for the first time they see what it means that for my shame to be covered, for my sin to be covered, there has to be death. Blood has to be spilled. And now they're covered up with animal skin and something had to die in their place. And even though God made a promise that you will die, they're slowly going to deteriorate and die. But right then and there, they see what sin does. It brings death. And God makes the first sacrifice, the first killing, the first death to cover their shame. And they're covered and they see this. And then God says, you know what? This is not wise for you to continue to stay over here. And something terrible happens and where we see death's deadly blow. We see the first divorce in the Bible. We see the first time we're loving eternal God. So you gotta leave. You know, as I read through that, I go through it so quickly. But this week, it broke my heart. 
That wasn't easy for God. He said, Adam, Eve, what have you done? You gotta leave. I created this for you. I created you to live. I didn't create you to die. I didn't create you for sickness. I didn't create you to, to hurt yourself. When I say don't, all I want you to do is not to hurt yourself, but here you are. Adam, Eve, you gotta leave. The Bible tells me in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, he drove out the man. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to God, the way to the tree of life. You see what happened is there's a tree of life. And God is just, he has to keep his promise. He said, listen man, if you eat, you're gonna die. If God didn't keep his word, he'd be a liar and God is not a liar. And if he's a liar, <laughs> what are we doing over here? But he said, you will surely die. And he says, Adam, you did that and now you're gonna die. And then there's a tree of life and God says, listen, if this dude eats from the tree of life because he's seen death and he's like, dude, I don't wanna die, he's forever gonna be living in sin and there's gonna be no hope for him at all. Absolutely no hope for him at all. And that's what it says in Genesis chapter three, verse 22. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Verse 24 says, he drove out the man and the east of the garden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And that was death's deadly blow. Separation from a loving, eternal God who was life. There's a physical death which is unnatural for us, but there's also a spiritual separation from God who is life that leaves us spiritually dead. This breaks my heart tremendously because I recognize the separation in my own life. I recognize the separation in other people's lives when the gospel is shared and they turn away cold-hearted, hard-hearted, and walk away. We see this in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Uh, Paul says, Sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all have sinned. David says, In sin was I conceived. This is how he puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He says, the natural person, that's an unbelieving person, a person who's spiritually dead, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. That's any teaching about God or the gospel, anything supernatural, any, any revelations of God, they are folly, they are foolishness to them. And he's unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually dead. They do not have the Spirit of God to be able to understand. And that's far greater than physical death. It's death's deadly blow of the separation, the great divorce, when man is separated from the eternal, almighty, loving God. And this is the state of man. He's a walking dead man. He's separated from life, and his daily life is just deteriorating. Slowly, he's falling to the ground, and one day his soul will leave his body, and his body that's like a tent that's wearing out will fall to the ground and go to the dust. There's got to be someone who challenged it, isn't it? There's got to be somebody out there who had zeal and passion to be able to challenge death. And there was. Here's a few notable mentions. Buddha, notable mention. He knew that there was got to be more to life than sickness, old age, and death. And that caused him to leave everything, his palace, his home, his wife, his children, newborn child, and go search for the answer of what happens after I die, and how can I find the answer to immortality? And that, that's pretty much what Buddhism is. 
It's Buddha leaving his home to go find the answer to this crazy question of how can I overcome this crazy foreign invasion of death and how can I find purpose and meaning in this life? Sad to say, he died with his questions unanswered. He had the questions right, and there are many worldviews in the world that had the questions right, but will never come to its answer, and only Jesus has the answer. There were other people, notable mentions, that tried to find an answer to challenge our immortality. Um, there are thrill seekers who, you've heard this often, he cheated death. You heard that? He lives in the danger zone. Right. Great, you might cheat death for a minute or two while you go skiing down the slopes and while you ride your motorcycle and, and jump off evil can evil. Amazing, your bones are broken, but he looked death in the face and cheated death. But eventually you find them in a coffin at a funeral service. So they couldn't find the answers. They couldn't challenge this natural enemy and overcome it. Another notable mention that's mentioned in the Bible is, is a man uh, called Solomon, Solomon of old, the, the wisest man who ever lived apart from Jesus. And he tried everything. He tried prestige. He tried power. He tried pleasure. He tried everything to find the answer of purpose and meaning and immortality in this life. And it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 14, this was his conclusion. I have seen everything that's done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity, habel, vapor, and a striving after the wind. In chapter 3, verse 20, it says, All go to one place, all are from the dust, and to dust all return. With man separated from God, who is life, and facing certain death, it seemed like God's favorite creation was doomed to a very unlikely end that God did not plan. It seemed like he was going to live the rest of his life in hopelessness, with no hope in sight, with a meaningless existence, and then an ultimate failure, which is death. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in this morning because we as believers, as long as we have breath, we need to be reminded of this truth. Death's ultimate challenger did show up on the scene and he defeated death forever. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho. 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 